Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, team ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. We're going to talk about best sports scenarios for fans since we're coming up on a Game 7 and in the NHL playoffs. We're going to talk about Major League Baseball's sticky situation. We're going to be joined by someone, a fantasy expert, to talk fantasy baseball. We're going to cover all the latest NBA news and talk a little NFL. That and much more. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome in to another edition of the Sports Stove Podcast. We've got a lot of excitement going on this week in the sports world. Dad is back with me today, uh, live from Ohio and, uh, we got, man, we got a lot to talk about today, but I'll tell you, it's best if you're listening to this podcast, uh, on the best quality headphones or earbuds. Dad, why don't you tell the listeners about our friends over at Skull Candy? Well, Skull Candy, of course, has great products. And whether you want true wireless freedom or total musical immersion, and now's the time to get great deals on Skull Candy. You get $20 off the Indie Evo true wireless earbuds, and you get them for $49.99. Uh, to get that great deal, just click the Skull Candy link in the YouTube description, the Facebook or Twitter comment section, or in the podcast notes. Check these great deal, and there are other great deals too, but check this out at Skull Candy. Yes, we sure enjoy Skull Candy and appreciate their partnership. Uh, I've got my Skull Candy headphones on right now as well. Got a stellar deal, not because they support us, but uh, paid paid what was on sale on the website and absolutely enjoy them and appreciate the quality that I have in my Skull Candy headphones, so make sure you go out, use those links in the descriptions or the podcast notes, and uh, get yourself a pair of Skull Candy earbuds or headphones. And we're also presented today by Yeti Coolers. Travel is back. Over two-thirds of Americans are planning to travel. We're going to be talking about the NBA a little bit later. We're not talking about that kind of travel that they all do and don't get called for, but actual <laughs> real travel where you get on a plane or in a car, whatever it may be, and Yeti's new luggage line is perfect for all adventures. Check out the Crossroads Collection by Yeti. All you got to do is click on the link in the YouTube description or the podcast notes 
and uh, that'll take you to the Crossroads Collection. You can get yourself uh, some new luggage to help you in your adventures this coming summer as well. In just a few minutes, Dad, we're going to be joined by Kevin Wilson, uh, Belly Up Sports Fantasy Baseball writer. Uh, Kevin and I do a show on Wednesdays live on Twitter and Facebook through the Belly Up Fantasy page. And uh, I've been talking to Kevin for a while now and said we need to get you on the show and excited to have him on with us here in just a few moments. Uh, but before we get to him and all the baseball talk, I want to, you know, we're coming up here on Game 7 in the NHL playoffs. And I got to thinking as we were preparing for this podcast through the greatest um, one-day sporting event, what it might be for a fan to enjoy. And I was thinking through some different instances. Of course, you got the Super Bowl. That's a big one. You've got uh, the NCAA basketball championship. You could throw the tournament, but that's not one day. That's over a long span. It might be the better event of all of them. Uh, you've got the NBA Finals. You've got the World Series, uh, say, Game 7 of the World Series. You've got Game 7 of the NHL playoffs. Um, any Game 7 usually is a big deal. But when we were in Nashville and uh, got a chance to experience playoff hockey firsthand, I just decided playoff hockey might be the best thing in sports. You throw in game seven of a hockey playoff, uh, that to me takes the cake. Now, if my team is playing in, in, uh, in, in a different sport, that might be a little different, but just for teams that I really don't care about, like in the NHL, uh, game seven, I think is the most exciting sport for a fan to watch anywhere. Game seven of the hockey playoffs or Stanley Cup. Uh, Dad, what do you think is the most exciting event for a sports fan, one-day event for a sports fan? Well, it's like you said, you know, if my favorite team is in it, then that could be the Super Bowl or the NCAA tournament. Um, it's funny, as you were talking about that, I go back, there was, there was a day when like a big mo- boxing match was a mm-hmm. big, big thing back while with Muhammad Ali and some other ones there and and that don't know that we have that today I know you covered a, a UFC a lot there may be something that will rival that but I think you're right about hockey and as I thought about that the deal is with a hockey game and of course game seven is big in any sport but in hockey it can change in a few seconds it's not a matter your know, basketball will come down to the last shot but they've got to bring the ball down to court set it up a little bit, Um, you know, in World Series, you know, I'm sure, I mean, you know, one pitch or whatever, but it can be different. But in hockey, you just, if it's a one goal game, you just don't know. And to me, there is nothing like the scramble that goes on in front of the net in the last two minutes of game seven in a hockey playoff. I mean, it is just, you know, crazy. The officials let, let that go. And you just never know. I mean, I remember Predators had a game all, all lined up. It was all over. And all of a sudden the guy, instead of getting beat up, kicked the puck out. And in four seconds, the other team scored down at the other end and tied it up. I mean, that was a sad day, but I remember that. And, um, uh, so I, I think hockey is exciting. Even when you look back at hockey, it's big plays like that. Bobby Orr diving uh, across the goal mouth and things like that. 
So a lot of excitement. You know, not everybody connects to that because they say, well, I don't know the rules. I don't know what's going on. But as far as just sheer energy and excitement, and you're right, if you can be in the arena Mm -hmm. when that happens, the first time the Predators were in the playoffs, I had a chance to go to the second game. It wasn't the wasn't the first game they won, but it was the first shutout. And I honestly have never been in a building so loud in all my life as the last minute when they were going to win, beat the Red Wings by a shutout. It was unbelievable. So um, that's very true. And I think I think TV's doing a better job of it being something people like to watch on television. You know, you always heard, well, you go to the games live. You don't want to watch them on TV. I enjoy yeah, I enjoy watching them on TV, but there is something about a live game for sure. Yeah, live hockey is the best live sport you can go to. There's no, I don't think there's any question about that. And now maybe if you're in a arena that nobody cares about the game, maybe that changes it. But in Nashville, even when they weren't great, Nashville was a great experience to be at. One of the things about hockey too is it's it's uh, it can change. You mentioned it, but instantly, and it's less less obvious in the change. Every now and then you'll get a breakaway where that builds anticipation. But, you know, in basketball, like you said, in the closing seconds, it's not out of nowhere typically. you got a guy with the ball. You assume he's either going to drive, shoot, pass, whatever. You kind of see it coming. Football, you're in the final drive. You Time's running out. You're anticipating something. Baseball, you're the pitch happens. So you're anticipating either a strikeout or a hit, whatever it may be. In hockey – you, it's hard to anticipate what's going to happen. A one-touch pass, uh, a weird bounce, all kinds of different things can happen in hockey. With the exception of the occasional breakaway, it's unanticipated, the end result. And to me, that just builds on the excitement uh, that is there. I don't know a ton about hockey. I don't know very many hockey players. I keep up with the Predators and if they won or lost and what their, their record is. I don't even really look at the rest of the league that much. But come playoff time is when I get interested uh, in hockey. And you've got the New York Islanders versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. The other day, the Lightning won by almost two touchdowns. Um, it's interesting to see how that series has gone back and forth. You know, we, we've got a little bit of tie with the Islanders, with Trotzy being there as the coach. But um, that game seven is going to be Friday. What do you anticipate there between the Islanders and the Lightning in game seven. Well, it should be a very, very close game because it, it looks like, you know, even before the series started, the Lightning, you know, they should win. And, um, you know, of course, they're still, they could repeat again this year. And they've had games where they dominated, but through the whole series, through the whole playoffs, um, you know, New York has, the Islanders have not, not given up. They've come through every time. So you talk about a team that you never know what's going to happen. Uh, the other night they were down pretty good and all of a sudden they won, you know, in overtime. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I, again, I think Tampa Bay, you know, you would think they can handle this and go on to the cup, but it's not going to be a shock. I mean, nobody thought the Islanders would go this far. <laughs> yep. And then, uh, tonight's game, most people will be listening to this after this game is over. Vegas is down in the series to Montreal three to two. They play, uh, they're playing right now, I guess, uh, would have just recently dropped the puck. Um, can Vegas, do you think they're going to pull off the win and take it to game seven or you think Montreal takes, takes this game? 
I mean, you know, of course, you've had some hockey experts on. Montreal is just a shock to me. I mean, you didn't even sure they were going to make the playoffs. Um, <laughs> like you said, I didn't watch much hockey in Canada, so I don't know many players there. Shea Weber's still there, I believe, isn't he? I think and, so, yeah. And, and there, so we do know him. But um, it's been a surprise that they're there. Vegas is a team a lot of people like uh, and, and, you know, have done well. Um, you know, in some ways, I would think the NHL um, would want, you know, Vegas or Vegas and Tampa. But, um, I mean, as far as having a can- Canadian team in the finals again, it's been a while with that. So, um, I, you know, I, I have no idea what will happen. I'm surprised, you know, kind of like – we talked earlier. I'm surprised Colorado's not there, so don't really know. <laughs> yeah, Colorado was a team I was okay. watching for, and, uh, you know, I thought they were going to be good. They were good this year, but ultimately couldn't pull it out past Vegas. Uh, Vegas is a team I don't really cheer for. Uh, I felt like they kind of stole some of what Nashville was doing, and, and because they're Vegas, they got a little bit of extra publicity and things like that. So I'm not a big Vegas fan, but nonetheless – uh, that's kind of where we are, uh, right now. It'll be interesting to see what happens because, you know, Montreal, if they win, the whole Canadian situation is still weird. Um, yes, they're going to open the borders, but then you've got players who are going to have to do things, you know, very isolated when they come up into Canada. They're going to get extra testing. I threw out the idea of, of a little bit of conspiracy theory. Uh, you know, you bring a team up, whether it be the Islanders, uh, or the Lightning and they test positive. Who's, who's to say that the Canadian authorities don't plant some things to help Montreal out a little bit? So, uh, you know, international controversy at that point, but, uh, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to see how it works. You go to, you know, uh, stadiums that are full and then you go up to Montreal and it's going to be, there's going to be people there, but not a lot of people. Um, so the whole, that's, to me, that's really intriguing to see where that plays out. And like we said before, I think game seven of the NHL playoffs are awesome. So for that reason, I'm kind of cheering for Vegas tonight and, uh, get that game seven, uh, happening is kind of the, the hope that I have right now. Uh, let's see here. We've got some baseball talk as well. We'll have, we'll be joined by Kevin Wilson here in just a few minutes, but dad, we, uh, we started the issue um, with the spider tack, the sticky substances, pitchers being checked. We saw on the first night of this enforcement, we saw a lot of ridiculousness, uh, both on the player side and the manager side. I want to start by saying I think the umpires have done a very good job with uh, making this quick. They don't take a long time. They come, they check the hat, they check the gloves, they check the belt, and off they go. It's not taking long. They're doing their part. What got weird is when Joe Girardi decided to play mind games with Max Scherzer, and so he had the umpires check him uh, multiple times and even in the in the middle of the inning. And so Scherzer, of course, got upset. Uh, Girardi ended up getting thrown out of the game. Uh, for his, his actions as well. But we saw another, uh, an Oakland pitcher coming off. Uh, he dropped his pants for, for the official, the umpire to look at. And, you know, it's just weird stuff happening. You've already said it's going to slow the game down and it's only going to do that if they don't check it between innings. But, um, 
I have to admit, I think it's going pretty well so far. I don't know how much you've paid attention to it, Dad, but I think that within a week's time, we're not going to be talking about this anymore. It'll still be going on, but I don't think it's going to be an issue at any point. Do you think it's going to be a continued issue, or do you think it's going to be one of those things that happen, and now we're just kind of like, eh, whatever? Yeah, I, I think it's one of those things that happen. I think everybody will get used to it as long as baseball, you know, holds to their guns, as long as uh, umpires, you know, stay consistent with how they do it. Um, then, yes, I, I I think, you know, we'll we'll be used to it. And by the time we get to the World Series, we'll be, you know, it'll, it'll be normal. Yeah. Yep, if we uh, if we think everything is just going to go smoothly, we might be living in a fantasy land. Speaking of fantasy, uh, we're going to bring in right now the writer from Belly Up Sports, Belly Up Fantasy Baseball, Kevin Wilson, joins us. He's the host of Belly Up Fantasy Live Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern time where we talk fantasy baseball all night long. Kevin, thanks for jumping on with us. I'm pleased to be here, Vince. Uh, Thank you. I know I I reached out to Kevin. Uh, We talked about it last night stuff. And then I was sitting here as we were doing the program. I said, I don't think I mentioned time zone to Kevin. So I had to shoot him a text real quick. 815 Central, (laughs) which is in an hour from now. Yeah. Approximately. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like, Eastern time. I'm like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. So I better motivate myself, but here I am. Oh, but I appreciate you going on the fly there with us. Uh, Fantasy baseball, I want to start with uh, this. We're coming up on the all-star break in in Major League Baseball. And so I always start to look now to the second half of the season and kind of look at, in the fantasy world, there are guys that have been disappointments so far, uh, and there's guys that have been phenomenal so far, but things can shift very quickly. So my first question, Kevin, is who do you think will have a slump in the second half? A guy that's been pretty solid here in the first half, but may not carry over to the second half. Well, the first guy, and this, this pains me to say it because he's on my team, but uh, I'm thinking Adelis Garcia, mm. simply because he's a rookie. And he, uh, you know, he hit two home runs yesterday, and I just don't see that as being, you know, sustainable. As rookies, as you know, go through slumps and everything else, mm-hmm. and the entire Rangers lineup is is prone to striking out a lot. And uh, as a matter of fact, he struck out twice today because they've already played. <laughs> and so, uh, just because he's a rookie, I don't see that he's hit twenty home runs. That, that's just not sustainable. So I'm not going to call it a slump per se, but there's He's gonna he's gonna go down the other way just a little bit, having that drop off. Yeah, and that's yeah. and I think we're gonna see that. I, I, we always do from multiple people have that drop off uh, there. Anybody else you think might have a drop off? Well, one of the players. This is also I hate to bring him up as well because he's also on my team. But that's uh, we talked about him a little bit yesterday. That's Adam Frazier from mm. the Pittsburgh Pirates because he's hitting three twenty four, and uh, that's great. But he's not a 324 hitter. He's he, he's not even a 300 hitter. So that's going to come back down to earth. Hopefully, it'll come back down after he gets in the All Star game because he deserves <laughs> to be there. But uh, yeah, that that's going to come back down to earth a little bit. And uh, another player that we we also talked about him yesterday is Tyler O'Neill, hmm. and uh, he's hitting 274. That's hard to believe. This guy's hitting 274. It's wild to swing <laughs> this dude take. But, uh, as you know, like I said, he struck out 13 straight games. So 
he's not going to hit 274. That's that's going and that's quicksand right there to me. And uh, one of the last time I'm going to talk about the entire team. If you happen to have any Arizona Diamondbacks, I don't know why you would. But uh, they're <laughs> what about Cattell Marte. <laughs> well, he's safe. Okay, but anybody else on there that you had? Because I had Pavin Smith for a while. Mm-hmm. But uh, they're going to start off, you know, bringing up their minor leaguers. It's going to be the minor league brigade because they have nothing else to play for. A team that's won, what, three games out of the last 34 or whatever it is that they've done. So if you've got any Arizona Diamondbacks on your roster, you need to, to purge those almost immediately. Dad, do you have any Arizona Diamondbacks on your fantasy baseball team? Uh, well, I have one. We, I have the pitcher, which we think you have him in the league too, Gallon. Oh, Gallon, yeah. Well, I traded him in that league, but <laughs> but <laughs> and he's been slow coming back. But again, I you know haven't got rid of him yet because of the potential. But we will we will see as the next couple of weeks go along. <laughs> All right, Kevin. What about the other direction? Are there, is there someone who maybe hasn't been great here in the first half that you think maybe can uh, pick it up here in the second half? Because we got some superstars like Pete Alonso yeah, that hasn't done know, great. It's interesting that you happen to mention that, Vince, because there he is. Pete Alonzo was on my list. <laughs> He's hitting 250, 1135. That's not, that's not Pete Alonzo. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I say that because I'm kind of leery because, you know, when you're in the, in the home run derby, sometimes, you know, he, he's the defending champion in right. home run derby. So maybe he knows how to do it because we've seen people being the home run derby and just going to horrible second half slumps. But I think he can manage that. And uh, he's a player that I'm looking because the, the, the entire Mets team, it, it, you know, they're in first place. He, they, he's got hitters around him. So I think that Pete Alonso can do much better in the second half. There's The Mets are an interesting team because they've yeah. not had any offense. And, yeah. um, you know, uh, they should get better. Uh, they're shortstop. Um, there's another guy got to get better you know there's nowhere else for him to go but you know (laughs) the bottom of the barrel and uh he he, he's one of the players that we're going to talk about in a minute i'm sure but uh jacob Degrom might be the best offensive player on the mets right now you know he's got more rbis than he has run run scored against them it's crazy it is crazy (laughs) he's the player that if i had my number one draft pick way back in april I would, or, or you know, whenever I did my draft, I would take him. I had the fourth overall pick. I would take him fourth. Wow, overall. that wouldn't so. have turned out well. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, as far as I'm, I'm looking at the Nationals as a whole, mm-hmm. a team, you know, they've already turned started to turn around a little bit, and 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 uh, Corbin, especially him, he was just brutal for a long time, but he's starting to turn things around a little bit. So, and, and if you look at their team, they've got some hitters over there. They got Harrison, they got Castro, you know, the, the you know, he got chipped out of Miami, but mm-hmm. uh, he's been playing pretty well. And so uh, as a team, I think that the Mets are, if they're going to have to look out for anybody, it's, it's the nationals because the Braves are, are, are slamming it in reverse. And uh, so I'm 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 high on the Nationals. And uh, Dad, uh, 
you're a Patrick Corbin owner, I believe, aren't you? I'm not. Oh, you're not. Okay. I thought you were, I always remembered you being an optimistic Corbin guy. <laughs> well, well, that could be true, year. but no, I don't have him. So I <laughs> okay. had him last year and he was pretty decent. You know, he's been decent in his past. So it's yeah. kind of like, this is unprecedented. And uh, a player that I, that I would have not had any hope for whatsoever. And that's Gary Sanchez of the, of the Yankees as the catcher. Yeah. And uh, I, I was what, cause, I saw him earlier today, and he is waiting on, on the breaking pitches. He was not doing that earlier in the season. And uh, he's had three home runs this week. So if you happen – if you hold on to him, that's great because, as we know, the catchers, the minefield, you know, if, if you have one catcher on your team that's worth a diggity dog, then you're, you know, you're dancing down the street. <laughs> so uh, if you happen to have him – you know, I, I see him doing th- some things in the second half. So there's a rookie this year that started off hot. He's been ice cold since then. So my question to you okay. is, Yerman Mercedes, is he going to be what get anywhere close to where he was early in the season, or is he done for the rest of the season? I, f- I think that he got cursed. You know, we <laughs> talked about that as well. You know, when 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 he swung at that three and O pitch and yep. and all of that, and because things were really riding high up until that point. And I don't, you know, we talked about this, you know, at length. I don't blame him for swinging at a three and O pitch, right? But things have just not gone well. Maybe if he gets a chance to sit down over the All Star break, because he's a young player, mm-hmm. and as you mentioned before, he's playing for a contract and. Maybe he can sit down and, and get away from Tony La Russa for a little while and, and, and leave that curse behind a little bit. Yeah. He can turn things around, but it sure doesn't look good right now. <laughs> uh, who in fantasy baseball this year has not lived up to their ADP, their average draft well, position? Well, there sure are a lot of players that uh, <laughs> I could I, I could mention. And the first player I'm going to talk about, because he's on my team, that's Juan Soto. Mm. And uh, he was a very exciting player. and in the 60 games or whatever it was they played last year. I was very high on him. I would have taken him maybe first overall this year. And he just hasn't, he's hitting 274 with eight home runs. You're not looking for 274, 829 Mm -hmm. in the late June. Right. So uh, (laughs) he has certainly not left, you know, lived up to it at all. He's turning it around a little bit though, because he has he had two hits and three straight games earlier in the week, so there's hope for him. For me, hopefully, because like <laughs> I said, because <laughs> that's one of the guys that even if he completely cratered, you're not getting rid of Juan Soto. Right. There's nothing right. you can do with him except just hitch your wagon to him, and hopefully he you know gets it back on the road. Definitely. But, Give uh, us two more. Uh, two more is uh, Aaron Nola. Oh yeah, he's the supposed ace of the Philadelphia Phillies, and and this past weekend, the Phillies put 13 runs on on the San Francisco Giants, which playing in their ballpark that's almost an unheard of. And so, and Aaron Nola was on the mound, but he couldn't win because why? Because he was out of the game by the second inning. Yikes! So he has been really, really brutal. A couple, he's not the ace that people thought that he was. And uh, I could talk about Francisco Lindor, but I think that's been chewed <laughs> upon. You know, the, the, the corn on the cob has been eaten to the husk, so I won't do anything more about him. But one player that 
that I didn't really realize was this terrible was DJ LeMahieu. Oh, yeah. Now, he was the 29th pick, player picked in, in, in my draft, and this is what he's sitting at, 263, 625. That's not what you're looking for out of your 29th player picked in the draft. So <laughs> I think hey. that you, you could put him as a player that can boost himself up in the second yeah. half, but he has not boosted so far. I'm I'm here for any Yankee slander we want to do. Uh, I'm all I'm all in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all in. We can slam them from here till there. So I'm, <laughs> I'm with you on that. So, uh, Dad, you got anything for Kevin? I tell you, Kevin, thanks for being on. I'm a Giants fan, so and I goes goes back to Willie Mays back in the days, and uh, of course had some good years not too long ago. Um, I was lucky enough to get Posey. I didn't think he'd have the kind of year he was having this year, but that's been great. I have two of the pitchers, Gossman, and I, I think hey, I Gossman. Dee, he's my guy. Dee, Dee or and okay. I have solid. him. But the other guys, it seems like every night it kind of switches around who hits the, gets the big hit, who scores the run. The middle guys, is there anyone there, uh, Duggar, Dubon, Flores, Dickerson, that's going to jump up and consistently be be good night after night? Well, I've been pretty impressed with Dugar. You mentioned him, and uh, he's, of course, he's the outfielder. And he's really – he's come on. He, I wrote about him this past week, as a matter of fact. He's on my list of players to, to get off the waiver wire. And uh, I mentioned the Vince yesterday. Everything that the Giants have done this year has turned gold for them. They got the pitching. They got the hitting. And another player that I would mention is Brandon Belt. If you happen to need a first baseman, he has really played well. He's got that left-handed swing that if you're going to hit in San Francisco – that's where you want to, you know, you, the left-handed power, you can hit it into the bay and stuff like that. <laughs> so Duger and Bell are two of the guys that I would really look at to to get on your team if you need someone. Something me and Dad were talking about before the show is, is there are there guys on bad teams that are worth keeping? Because you, th- you talked about Frazier and Pittsburgh. Well, Pittsburgh's horrible. Uh, so They're all not they're okay. Okay. <laughs> Pitching, it's in the cellar, but their hitting is okay. So until that slump happens, I'm riding Adam Frazier to the ground. My fear is always with bad teams is you get a good player that's not protected. So you get uh, no one that can get on base in front of them, no one that can push him around the base once he's there, uh, those kinds of things. And so you, you're right. You got to watch the teams and make sure, you know, because bad teams sometimes still have good nights and relatively good weeks sometimes. And you got to watch and see where that offense is flowing. Or sometimes you got a pitcher that's going to pitch lights out. He may not get you to win because the team's horrible, but he might be able to get you double digit strikeouts or something like that as well. Uh, two teams, uh, that I'm interested in because players have done well with them. Cincinnati. They've got Castellanos and Winker, uh, and then you've got Kansas City, who's had a couple guys. Whip Merrifield, uh, Benintendi's been better this year. So are these guys on these kinds of teams, are they still going to produce, or are those maybe some of the guys that we're going to see uh, fall off the cliff a bit here in the second half? Well, I have a little bit more confidence in their hitters. Cincinnati, I'm talking about, than than, than you do. Because, uh, you know, the Reds <laughs> is like a foul, you know, well, taste in your mouth. You've been talking about them all year, but just because based on the ballpark that they play in, 
-hmm. their hitters are going to be okay. So if I have uh, Castellanos, if I have Winker, I'm riding them till, you know, their legs just completely fall apart. So I think they're okay. Dad, you got anything else for Kevin? No, I don't think so. Got my giant info, so I'm okay. All right, I've got one more. Dodgers is where it's at, though. (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry, Kevin, you're breaking up. We can't hear you. Dodgers, and that's worked out all right too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Dodgers and fantasy baseball is not a bad thing. Uh, One more question for you, Kevin. Uh, Injured list. We got a few guys that in July might be coming off the injured list. They've been on there for quite some time. Uh, So if you have an open and vacant injured list spot on your fantasy roster, what are, uh, give me two guys on the injured list that are worth taking a shot at. Well, first of all, I don't know how anyone that has any open spots on their injured list, (laughs) but if you happen to, we talked about him yesterday, Vince, that's uh, Chris Sale. He's been sitting out there and he might be back maybe uh, late July or August. So if he's on uh, out there, he's not in my league. But if he's out there, pick him up. And uh, another guy that I'm just going to throw out there who just went on the injured list is uh, Savili. Sev- Sev- Savili, how's that? How mm-hmm. you from uh, Cleveland? Yeah. He's going to be out for four to five weeks, unfortunately, for, for the Indians. But uh, if somebody happens to drop him, he's got 10 wins already. So he's awesome. a player I'd look at. Awesome. All right. He's Kevin Wilson, Belly Up Sports, Belly Up Fantasy Sports. You can find him on Twitter at Kevin62WILSEA. So Wilson's the last name. Seattle is the SEA That's uh, right. there for Kevin. So at Kevin62. By the way. So. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, uh, Kevin, this is his last time on the program, but. Uh, <clears throat> No, we sure appreciate Kevin. I get to be on with Kevin most Wednesday nights at nine o'clock. You can catch it live on Belly Up Fantasy's Twitter or Facebook. Uh, Belly Up Fantasy Baseball Live, uh, there. And he, he puts out an article every week talking about every who week. you should add. Uh, you can find that, uh, is that Belly Up, Belly it's Up Sports? Belly Up Fantasy side because there's the main side and there's the fantasy side. Okay. I'm on the fantasy side every Monday. So check that out. Every Monday it drops, and I'm assuming it gets shared on Twitter every week as well. Twitter, and, Facebook, all you know, all throughout the you know, the multiverse. So awesome! And Kevin likes to interact on Twitter. So if you read the article or you have fantasy uh, things you want to talk about, Kevin will definitely chat with you uh, through there as well. Kevin, I appreciate the uh, the late time zone added uh, jumping <laughs> in with us, and thank you so much for taking some time with us tonight. I sure. I sure appreciate you asking me on Vince. So you guys have a great night. All right. We'll see you. We'll see you soon. That's Kevin Wilson, belly up sports, belly up fantasy. And I really do appreciate him jumping on for us there. All right, dad, let's transition uh, to a little bit of NFL news. And uh, this week, the NFL announced that they are going to be taking bids for the combine. So uh, it's been in Indianapolis for a very long time. Now there's going to be places looking to to get the combine in their home city. I find this interesting because the combine to me is losing its uh you know its 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 juiciness, but because uh, a lot of people say it doesn't matter. But um, do you think this is going to help, hurt, not change anything? How is this good for the NFL? Um, well, I assume it's like most things with the NFL; it has to do with money. Um, I assume taking new beds, you know, they're going to 
get more money. Otherwise, I don't know why you'd move out of Indianapolis. Indianapolis is centrally located. It's a little bit of tradition there. You know, you always think of uh, a lot of times you refer to the combine as, you know, when everybody gets to Indy from there. Um, as far as is losing its luster, um, it, it may be just because of the way everybody's doing everything virtually. Um, I know I have heard uh, the Packer people say, um, you know, a lot of these players are more comfortable talking in front of a camera mm -hmm. and you talk to them for a lot longer than 15 minutes in a hotel room with four or five guys staring at them. They say you, they felt like you get a better read on who they are. Uh, I think the COVID, the virtual part may really change that, and it may change that. Now, the combine can always be valuable as far as, you know, measurements and tests and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, that loses some of its luster uh, there for sure. It is a place where everybody could be together. I've heard where GMs have said it was really valuable to be there with the players, with the other GMs, with the other owners. Um, you know, you miss that with the virtual part of it, and that makes it a little different going into the draft. So um, I, I don't know. I don't know if a changing location is going to help it um, any from there. I'll be interested to see what places they look at. And I know in this day and time, central location may not be a big thing, but um, – you, you know, it was centrally located to all the conferences and a lot of the small schools and uh, was probably a help there. Um, it's not really a fan type thing anyhow. So right. um, I don't know. I'd assume really finances drive a little bit of that. You know, they, they opened up the draft. I think that's been a good thing moving the draft around. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know that moving a combine around will be anything like that because it's not a fan thing and maybe it becomes a fan thing maybe this is something because it's losing its luster moving it to a new location every year opening it up for fans to some degree um, things like that maybe that's going to do it the other big news in the nfl they announced that they are going to allow the changing of colors of helmets so for the last well forever i guess uh, since they've been doing the alternate jerseys teams were not allowed to change the colors of their helmets. So the Denver Broncos, for instance, when they did throwback jerseys, they, they could not go back to the throwback helmet. They still had to have the darker blue as opposed to the lighter blue. And they still had to do the current orange as opposed to the old orange. And of course, now everybody's talking about Tampa Bay and they can have the old, uh, swashbuckler on their helmet, whatever. Um, it's interesting, I guess. I don't care a whole lot about the NFL helmets, <laughs> but it's just showing the NFL making some progress. It makes sense. If you're going to do throwback jerseys, you ought to be able to do throwback helmets as well. Um, is there a helmet that you're looking forward to seeing on the sideline? No. I mean, I haven't really thought that much about it. I'd have to think back of some of the old helmets. Um, I didn't almost didn't realize that they'd outlawed that because I knew Buffalo switched back and forth, different teams had, and I hadn't realized it'd been since 2014 that they had stopped doing that. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know that there's any old helmet. You know, again, I remember the Tampa Bay ones, and I'm sure if I start thinking about it, I'll remember some of the older ones. The Ram one has changed, you know, a lot here lately. Um, I probably like the new changes a little better on that. 
Um, you know, I've, I'm not a cowboy fan at all. I never liked a white helmet. I never understood mm-hmm. that at all. Um, but you know, everybody's different. So, um, we'll see from there, but you know, one other thing on the NFL, we didn't talk about earlier that came up this week was this, uh, tight end university. Yeah. That, that was kind of interesting. Um, had to explain why Tebow didn't get invited to it. and um, He shouldn't have had to explain that. That was obvious. He's not a starting tight end. That yeah. doesn't make any sense. So, but, um, and I don't think they're worried about publicity. It sounds like they want to have, you know, help. I'll be interested to see what that's really all about. And it's interesting too, it's in Nashville, which Nashville has a lot of stuff these days. And I know there's a lot of people train in Nashville and I assume these guys all have connections with that. But, um, you know, the response, he said, was they expected 2025 at the most and had 45 to 50 and ran out of hotel rooms and room <laughs> in general. So, yeah. um, and it'd be interesting to see if that's a trend. Um, mm-hmm. I know teams have had quarterback camps and stuff like that. But the idea of players from all different teams getting – I'm anxious to see what, what we find out goes on at this tight end university. Well, wide receivers get together already as it is. It's not organized and things like that, but they work out together, young young and veteran receivers from all over the league. Kittle lives in Nashville. Uh, he's the one that kind of leads the way on this, so that's why it's in Nashville originally at least. We saw as Packer fans last year, Robert Tunyon worked out with Kittle all year long in the offseason, and he made huge strides. And I think you're right. It's interesting to see these players – helping each other work on their craft because a tight end doesn't guard a tight end. It's different than if you had a safety and a tight end working out together. These are tight ends that are working together to help each other, help their, the better the the entire tight end class is, the more they get paid. So it makes sense for them to play better, to do better. And, uh, and, but you've got the right personalities, the Kittles, the Kelsey's, those kinds of guys that they're not, their egos aren't so big that they want to be the only tight ends out there. They're willing to help out these other guys, and and they are pitching in. And uh, it's it's interesting. You're right to see if maybe other things pop up. But already, wide receivers have worked out together. Cornerbacks have worked out together. Quarterbacks have worked out together. Um, you know, and it's always been little clicks. This is obviously a bigger a bigger thing than those little clicks uh, that have gone on as well. All right, then on to the NBA. A lot of interesting NBA stuff came out today and yesterday. Three new head coaches, not all of them are official yet. Rick Carlisle to Indiana, uh, returning to Indiana again. Then you've got uh, Jason Kidd reported as the next head coach of the Dallas Mavericks, uh, where he played at. It makes a lot of sense for Jason Kidd to go there. Uh, with the ties that he has with Mark Cuban. Of course, they don't even have a um, GM just yet, but it uh, looks like Jason Kidd will be the next coach in Dallas. And then the Boston Celtics go with uh, Ime Udoka. He was uh, in the San Antonio with Greg Popovich as an assistant for a time. He was this season in Brooklyn as an assistant. He worked with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown on Team USA uh, back a couple years ago as well. They like him and are for him, and so the Boston Celtics going Ime Udoka as the head basketball coach. Then the USA basketball, as the Olympics are coming up uh, very soon, next month actually, uh, first game will be played at the end of July. 
USA Basketball announced their roster uh, officially committed. Kevin Durant, Damian Lillard, Bradley Beal, Zach Levine, Bam Adebayo, Jason Tatum, Draymond Green, Kevin Love, who Jalen Rose said was the token white guy for the team, uh, Jeremiah Grant, uh, Chris Middleton, Devin Booker, and Drew Holiday on the team. Uh, right now, there will be more than likely at least one, if not a few, players playing in the finals, which could end on July 22nd, and I think the first game is July 25th in the Olympics. And so uh, they've already worked out those details. And it's one of the things Colangelo has done with Team USA is having that commitment where they're going to be there for a few years together. So in these short travel situations, they've already played together. They already have the relationship uh, there as well. Then you've got uh, the NBA draft lottery was Tuesday night. Right as we were finished recording on Tuesday night, uh, the results came out. Detroit Pistons land the number one overall pick, followed by the Houston Rockets, Cleveland Cavaliers, and Toronto. Uh, They're filling out the top four. Already reports that Cleveland is shopping that number three pick for a star veteran. Um, it's an interesting rebuild situation in Detroit and in Houston uh, there as well. So that adds the excitement. Uh, there, of course, to the draft that's coming up. Cade Cunningham, more than likely the first overall pick in the draft. Um, but who knows? It's Detroit, so we don't know exactly what will happen. Then, uh, let's see here. NBA playoffs, this is Thursday night. So later on tonight, Phoenix and L.A. Uh, go for game three. Phoenix leads 2-0. And then Friday, the Atlanta Hawks uh, win game one in Milwaukee. Take game one there uh, in the series, and so they'll play again Friday night. Milwaukee, a fairly good-sized favorite, seven-and-a-half-point favorite uh, there over Atlanta. I expect uh, them to bounce back and get in there as well. All right, that's it for today's edition of the Sports Stove Podcast. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you go click the links for Skull Candy and Yeti Coolers in the YouTube description or in uh, the podcast notes as well. And then uh, with that, thank you to Kevin Wilson who came on and joined us uh, there, Belly Up Sports, Fantasy Sports as well. Dad, any parting words before we go? No, like I said, it was good. He was really good. Enjoyed that about fantasy uh, baseball. Been an interesting baseball season. Like I said, it's coming up on uh, the um, All-Star break and you know, you'd like to see if your teams can hold up after the break and the same <laughs> way, uh, fantasy teams the same way there. So um, we'll see how it goes. And, again, football, you know, it's funny. The NFL can always stay in the news with a couple little things here and there. And, uh, of course, we're all waiting for the big news to break with Aaron Rodgers, and we will see. So, um I've given you everything but the time frame. I've, I'm telling you he's coming back. I'm telling you he's signing an extension. I just don't know the date yet. So I'm, I'm still, I'm still feeling it. You're, you know, the owner of the Packers, you're reaching out to your sources. No luck yet. Um, but we will break the news. Aaron Rodgers returning, uh, to start for Green Bay, uh, this year for sure. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in to tonight's edition of the Sports Stove Podcast. We'll be back with you on Sunday around 4 o'clock in the afternoon, live on YouTube. And, of course, you can always catch us wherever you get your podcasts in podcast form as well. 
All right, we will see you next time. But until then, we'll see you around the sports stove.